This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Countryside Campground in Akron, Ohio. I mean, who wouldn't want to be there? <laughs> I am Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 16th, episode 2747, brought to you today by Eagle Equine Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday! Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to have kind of a normal show today. I don't have any listener interviews, and I'll tell you why in a little while. But I did want to remind everybody that's in western Pennsylvania. We have a meetup on Wednesday night at 630. Uh, this, uh, you can find it at, uh, just go to Horse Radio Network, click on the banner at the top of the page. We're going to be in Gibsonia at the Clubhouse Restaurant. So if you're, I know we have a lot of listeners in western Pennsylvania. If you're in that area and can get out Wednesday night at 6.30, come out and say hi and have dinner with us. It should be a lot of fun. And then this weekend, we're, we're going to be in Maryland at Jacqueline Burke's place. So we're going to have a big meetup at her place. So check out the schedule for that as well. But on today's show, Stephanie Jacobs joins us to explain standard bread racing under saddle. As I didn't know there was that that was a thing either. Uh, I'll give you a roadshow update. Jamie's going to fill us in on our new training horses, pull out a Plus, apparently, you all still have some equestrian first world problems, so we'll do those as well. Well, happy birthday to two of our auditors, Megan Mitchell and Nana Erickson. Happy birthday to you both. We both we hope you have a wonderful day. Also, we have some new auditors I'd like to welcome. Sean Ortiz, Ali Henninger, Donna Willems, and Paige Riordan. So thank you all for becoming new auditors. We appreciate that. I actually know that you pronounced Sean Ortiz's name right, and I'll tell you why. Because she is a friend of mine from Arizona oh, really? that I, I just... We talk on Facebook a lot, but that's awesome. She became doesn't an she know we hey, doesn't she know we encourage your friends not to listen to the show? <laughs> I know, I know, I can't <laughs> stop them though. Well, welcome, Sean. That's kind of cool. She's uh, in the Air Force with Chad and everything. Oh wow! 
And she listens and to your show. How cool and is that? And listens to the show. She's a glutton for punishment. You know, I, I apologize to, ahead of time. I have to be careful now because uh, our lovely neighbors, and they actually are lovely neighbors, uh, Shannon has started listening to the show, too. So, hi, oh, Shannon. Yeah. She's taking care of, or well, she's not taking care of, but she's keeping an eye on Scooter because Scooter's right across her fence. So she gives him a carrot every night and says hi to him. Uh, upping our, their pledges were Lindsay Reynolds and Ashley Mitchell. Thank you both for upping your pledges. For your for the auditor group, and if you want to become an auditor, just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right hand side of the page. Do you see the auditor banner? Click on it, and for as little as three dollars a month, you too can join the party. All right, well, Glenn, are you sitting down? Yes, I am actually. Okay, well, I would like to give my daily winning out to my husband because do you know what he's doing today? That must be something good. <laughs> He's getting me a horse. What? He's getting me a new horse. I would like to describe the horse for you. Okay. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. He's 15'3". They even went on to say his head height is 6'6", six, six, and his body length is 8'6". Okay. He's bay. He's really well muscled. He's got beautiful mane and tail and a pretty thick forelock. And um, I let Chad name him. And we so, so far, we've only seen pictures. We're buying this horse sight unseen. Okay. And he's going to pick him up today. It's down in Dallas and he was flying. So he took the truck down. He's going to go pick him up. And he named him Steve. And Steve (laughs) is coming home to be part of the family. What is Steve made out of? Ceramic. Plastic and fiberglass. (laughs) Plastic and fire. I just bought off Facebook Marketplace a 15 three-hand tall fiberglass horse. Bay. He's so cool. Are you gonna put it on top of the roof of the barn? What what where is he going? Out by the sign? the, the fact that my husband, Chad is super excited. He's like, I can't wait to go meet Steve. See, uh, women, listen, <laughs> if uh, you learn nothing else from me, let your significant other name the animals because therefore they will like them. And he has named this horse Steve and Steve is a giant fiberglass horse. You see them outside of tack shops mm-hmm. and all that. Kind That's the of only stuff. place I've seen them actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would anybody want one of those? Well, Monty Roberts has one at his farm. His name is Plasmo. And Plasmo is a horse that I spent many, many hours with learning the tacking procedures. Like everything you do in a Monty Roberts clinic is time tested from the man himself. So everything is very specific. And when you're taking your tests and all that, they grade you on every single detail has to be exactly done right. And so the last clinic that I had, we had to use a board that was sitting in my tack room, you know, like, so this time we get to actually tack up Steve. So future clinics, you will all get to meet Steve. I'm so excited. He's coming home today. He's huge. So Steve's going to be a test dummy. Basically, he's going to be a... Steve basically is a is a training... He's a... Training he's a, aid. He's in training, but he's a training <laughs> aid. But he's, I'm not training him. He's training everybody else. So I'm really excited. <laughs> actually, what's funny is they actually got Velcro all over his body because I guess they used him to teach parts of the horse. And so, like, little pieces throughout... Like, there's a sticker on his leg. This is Hawk. And here's his knee. And here's his jugular groove. Like, there's all these little Velcro pieces on him. Um, Steve does have some scars, not going to lie. Steve was 
fairly cheap. All your horses do come to think about it, actually, really. Exactly. If you don't have a scar, <laughs> you know, he's actually, it seems like he's fairly anatomically correct as well. So we'll see if Steve is a, is a stallion or a gelding. I can't, I can't see up there, but um, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on Steve when he gets here. Um, and uh, hopefully it'll all work out and Chad will have a successful day hauling well, a horse for the first time by himself. Well, you know, Steve, uh, the reason he's had excited about Steve is three re- reasons, actually. Uh, he doesn't poop, he doesn't eat, and he doesn't require vet bills. Yes, all of those things. <laughs> and he named him Steve. And he named he's him like, Steve. Oh. He's wanted to name every horse Steve since the Why beginning Steve? of time. Why Steve? Is that the name he wanted? He didn't want to be Chad. He wanted to be Steve. I don't know. I don't, there's no explanation for why my husband is obsessed with me naming every horse Steve. But so far, I have not <laughs> named any of them Steve. And now he finally gets to name his own wow. horse. And if, now my husband is totally fine with me spending hundreds of dollars on a ginormous plastic horse. I was going to ask you how much it costs. So, uh, you know, horse husbands would be much happier, I think, in life in general if all of them didn't poop, eat, or require vet bills. I think we would all feel that way, but Steve, his lateral work is really going to suffer. He's not going to be a great jumper. He's probably not even going to be a heck of a good trail horse, (laughs) but he's probably going to spook the hell out of everybody on my farm. Oh, I bet he will. (laughs) I can't wait to prop. Now is he painted bright colors or is he painted like a normal horse? He's bay. He looks like it's like, it's whatever girl dreams of. It's a life-size briar horse. (laughs) I'll go with your little ones. Perfect. I will. I'll post a picture of Steve on our horses in the morning Facebook. Okay, auditor do that. Group do that. So yeah, because don't post see. it on the regular page. We'll get people commenting about how the horse. No, people looks want stiff, to buy it, or it'll yeah. look stiff and undernourished, and you know you don't take care of your horses. And uh, that is the one thing that I will need to do is treat them for ulcers immediately. Well, you know what? There's a pro- <laughs> there's a product that can help with that. Oh, please tell me about it. It's MagnaGuard. MagnaGuard oh. gastric support product. MagnaGuard helps prevent ulcers and other gastric issues, giving your horse the happy tummy he deserves. MagnaGuard helps calm horses in two ways. First, the magnesium is a natural calmer. And two, it keeps the gut feeling great, which allows the horses to relax, even Steve. It contains important trace minerals and is natural and can be fed continually, continually without negative effects. Customers report healthier, shinier coats less colic i bet you steve's coat's really shiny actually it's uh, it's actually a little scuffed he would probably benefit <laughs> from some magnet garden not gonna lie uh less colic I mean, steve is not new okay <laughs> steve is, has been around the block for a while and by the way i've been looking for one of these for like three four years so yeah, i'm pretty excited you had to wait to, for a tax shop to go out of business uh customers report healthier shinier coats less colic healthier hooves and overall healthier horses Discount code right now. If you use HRN, it'll get you 15% off your order at eagleequine.com. That's a one-time use. 15% off. Use discount code HRN. All of their products come with a money-back guarantee. And if you're not satisfied, they can, they can, can, you can just contact them, and they will give you a full refund. So you can't beat that. Go to eagleequine.com and order a bucket for your Steve today. Let me stop you. Just just mm. so you know, if something goes awry with Steve. Like he falls I, off the I, truck, like Chad can't no, drive or goes I, too fast around a turn. <laughs> that could all could happen. But what, here's the thing is that all the photos of Steve are on the left side. 
Everything is the left side, the <laughs> left side of the head, the left side of the body, the left side of the rear end. Steve, it's a great big hole in his right. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So I keep messaging. I'm like, hi, I'm not going to send you a deposit until I see photos of the right side. I need the right side. This is like horse trading 101. Like I'm a professional. At this you need table. a video. You I always have, have asked for videos on your horses. Exactly. Give me the right <laughs> side of Steve, for God's sake. But she has not sent the right Ooh. side photos yet. She has lots of excuses why she has not sent the right oh, side yet. Oh, interesting. Um, but just so you know, Steve might have a big old gaping hole with a beehive <laughs> in his belly. So um, if Steve does not come to fruition, know that somebody has um, kicked him in the belly and made a massive hole and, and he is... Or there is no right side. He's just the left side. <laughs> He's just the left side. I don't know. You put Could him up be. against the wall. He's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if there's no right side of Steve, he will not be coming. But for the most part, Steve is a done deal. There you go. All right. Well, we can't wait to see the report on Steve. So I'll give you a quick trip update. It won't take too long. Um, we arrived in Akron, Ohio on Friday after we left Frankie Lovato's. And it was so good to see Frankie and hear him on the show here on Friday. And we had a podcaster dinner on Friday night in Akron. And I, you know, when we were approaching Akron, we left Michigan. So we're, you're coming through the western part of Ohio. It's fairly flat in that part of the state. Uh, and it's just nothing but cornfields after cornfields. And I didn't realize that Akron, Ohio is one hilly town. It's got some steep hills in Akron, Ohio. I wouldn't want to ride my bike here. It, uh, so we did have a podcaster dinner. And it's so funny because you shot off, uh, you posted that you sh uh, the boys shot off model rockets the other day. Well, I met the guy that does the model rocket podcast. So, yeah. yeah, that's a little more serious than Chad and Lucas building a $12 rocket. He said they have a beginner a podcast for people like Chad and Lucas who are getting into model rockets. And then they have the advanced one. Apparently, some of these model rockets will go 300,000 feet in the air to the edge of the atmosphere. Yeah, Chad, actually, I, t I, sh I told him about that when you messaged me about it. And he said that those type of rockets require FAA clearance. Well, I imagine they could take a plane out. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Chad sees him going by his windshield. <laughs> That's craziness. The federal aviation of aeronautical, whatever. I don't know. I should probably know what that is. Uh, and then you have to call and be like, hi, I'm here in Norman, Oklahoma, and I want to shoot off a rocket. Yep. And <laughs> can you stop all the planes, please, or give me a good time? Like, what? That's the Federal Aviation Administration. Come on, Jamie. <laughs> That's Got exactly it. what happens, though. That is exactly what happens. All right. So let's. Uh, so we arrived here. We did dinner with a bunch of podcasters. And then I did uh, a show called Ask the Podcast Coach with my mentor, Dave Jackson. He's a, a Hall of Fame podcaster, actually, on Saturday morning. Jamie or, or Jennifer, get my names mixed up today. Jennifer said to Dave, hey, look. I need a day off. So keep Glenn out for the day, the entire day. So he did. We went, uh, we actually rented electric bikes and went bike riding and did all kinds of stuff. And by the time I get back, Jennifer was in a much better mood. She was just in a better mood on Saturday night. So apparently staying away for a day was a good thing. 
So she's still yeah, here. That. Yeah. So actually, we're at this campground for four nights, uh, taking a little bit of a break, trying to recoup, get some other work done. So that's what that's the update. Tomorrow we leave for Uncle Jimmy's. We're going to do a tour in the morning. That's in Western Pennsylvania, and then we're going to be heading off to Hannah's farm and staying there for two nights, and then doing the meetup and everything. So we'll be re- resuming our driving tomorrow morning. But it's been kind of nice to be at a place for a couple of nights and just taking a little bit of a break. You know, Horse Lovers is one of our sponsor for the road trip. They have over 120,000 products, and you need to check out the deal of the day every day. It's the Latia Sun Shirt Sale right now, and this is, uh, as we're recording this, this is Monday, so if you're hearing it and you want one of these, go check it out. They, You can get four colors, five sizes. It's their very popular ladies' sun shirt. The UV rays are hard to keep at bay, but this sun shirt will do it for you. They're 89% poly and 11% percent elastane i think they make up these words and materials nobody actually who knows what that is uh but it's very comfortable they're mesh under the arms to keep you dry it was 69 dollars, now just 49 dollars. so if you need a sun shirt head on over to horse lovers and it changes every day so tomorrow will be different so keep an eye on that now i saw you posted over the weekend that you have some new horses in training again I do. Well, I I had three over the weekend. One went home and it was a horse that somebody had, <clears throat> somebody had adopted and he's, this gentleman is in Texas and I guess he got the horse home and called the rescue and said, this horse bucks, this horse bucks me off. And he, this is a quote, man, I got real close to Jupiter. I just, I spent some time in Jupiter because this horse bucked me off so hard. So part of my, so Nels is like, just take it to Jamie. She'll like assess it and look at it and see what she thinks. So you're not going to see any follow-up because the horse went home because guess what? The horse is fine. I'm like, you know, he needs, I, I notice he drops a lot of feed. He's thin and he is a little sore in his front feet. He doesn't have shoes. So I said, First thing we need to do is get him shoes. You need to get the vet out. Let's form a plan with your vet to like put some weight on him and to get his teeth floated. What's that? Okay. Let's cover the reason we float horses teeth. So I did all that and, um, spent five days with the horse and he's fine. I mean, like I, I rode him and I, I did all the things that I do. I do join up. I tack him, my long line on my belly. Him, I got on him. I rode him. Everything was fine. Uh, and he said, well, you know, uh, so I, on the phone, I'm like, he's fine. Did you, uh, did you put your heels in him? That's when he bugged me off. And I was like, well, no, I, I didn't, put my heels. <laughs> I, I didn't have to put my heels in. I'm like, you know, they don't understand what leg is. So you just want to start with the calf pressure, you know, and really like you maybe clock on the ground, send them <laughs> forward. And then like, you know, use that when you're on them. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And he says, I, I brought my saddle for you to look at and say, Oh my God, a 9,000 pound Western saddle. Of course. I mean, so it was, uh, Chad was like, Oh my God, it's heavier than my roping saddle. It was so heavy. <laughs> I could be. And then I've noticed this is a little the, skinny racehorse, a little skinny racehorse with a big yeah. old Western saddle with a back cinch, Glenn. Oh, that'll do it. Oh, that'll do it. That'll send, him, goes, that'll send I, you to Jupiter. <laughs> I said, I said, did you put a back cinch on the horse? You know, that's for like sliding stops and, and, and working cattle. Like you just, this is a horse that's like right off the track. It doesn't need all that, you know, just, well, I, I could fit two fingers in between the back cinch and his belly. I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's, that's not enough. That's, that's not good. And then the next thing was, um, I, I feel, I feel like this was, this was what they said with the, you know how I love it when people tell me stuff at the end that I probably should yes, have known. Like, at the beginning. Uh, oh, and by the way, but, oh, by the way, um, he says, you know, you know what I'm going to try next time? And I said, what are you going to try next time? I'm like, I'm like, first of all, you're not going to try anything because this horse needs weight. He needs shoes. He needs his teeth done. Those three things, you're going to formulate a plan to get weight on this horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm not going to do this time? You know, I think I'll take my spurs off. Oh what? My <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, he didn't really know that. I go, he didn't know anything. I said, okay. So you have a you have a horse that you came off the racetrack. You throw a 600-pound Western saddle on him. You put a back cinch on. You hop on, and you dig your spurs in. And damn if he didn't buck me off. I don't know why. Oh, my God. And I said, you did not tell me that you had spurs on him. He goes, you know what? You didn't ask. That's what he said to me. Oh. So that horse has gone home and he's going to hopefully be fine. I was able to maybe talk some sense into the wife. Um, so that's that one. Um, yeah, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is what I deal with. Um, the next two horses that came in over the weekend are super cool. I can cool. just one, picture your face getting redder and oh, redder Jesus. and redder you, on the can phone. Can you imagine? <laughs> like I said, so has he had his teeth floated to jab him? Do what? Teeth. <laughs> Floated. You know how you have to 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 do that. I there should be I a license that. that you have to take to get a horse. And, and then of course it was I was like, well, their teeth grow, and then you have to have them filed down. By Why the vet. did he well, pick a thoroughbred, not some quiet quarter horse that's already ready, had ready. spurs on him? <laughs> here's the here's the here's the. Oh, you have the answer to that. They said, well, I said, um, you know, you got his teeth floated. They they continue to grow. You have to file them down. And he goes, man. You don't have to do that with wild horses. Wild horses don't get their teeth floated. And I said, do you know what the lifespan, the life expectancy of a wild horse is? And the wife goes, seven years. And I'm like, ding, 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 you're right. Seven years. That's the life expectancy of a wild horse. Your horse is already five. <laughs> Unless he's two <laughs> years from death, we need to do some medical attention, okay? <clears throat> Moving on. Then I have a really lovely horse named Uncle Rico, and Uncle Rico is a five-year-old. And then I have Golden Scepter, who is also a five-year-old. Both are bay, and Chad loves Uncle Rico. Like he's a kind of a big, solid dude, you know, like really, really nice-looking horse. But they're both a little foot sore. I rode them both yesterday, but they both need some shoes. So the vets coming out, or the farriers coming out on Wednesday to tack some shoes on them. So. <sighs> Then I'll be back to work with them. So yes, that was my weekend with horse people. I I am uh, I'm really struggling in life with like other humans. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, she is. By the way, I'm just gonna say I, I, I told Glenn some stories off the air of other people I'm having to deal with, and um, I just I my my tenant has moved out, so that's one down, <laughs> one down, more to go. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I think I'm better suited to just deal with horses for a while. Just horses. Well, no humans. You, <laughs> we're going to do this in the post show. So in the post show auditors, hang on. Uh, we got in, remember you brought up the other day when Frankie was on, cause you, you were just being your embarrassing self, uh, about how men <laughs> deal with riding. 
Yes. Well, Polly sent us an email that I'm going to... Well, it, it was because I talked about Chad hopping on Duke bareback, yes. and then he almost died. Polly has an answer. And I couldn't help him. But I can't do it in this show. So we're going to do the Polly's answer in the post show. So okay. uh, Polly has explained it all. But you know what? Speaking of that, Uncle Jimmy's has some big hanging balls, too, and some licky things to help Tom Bats. <laughs> oh, my God! That was the best segue ever! Congratulations. Thank you very much. I thought the one earlier was good. This one was even better. Uh, to help combat stall boredom, or stall boredom, yes, yeah, stall boredom, and providing your horse entertainment in the stall, while at the same time providing them with much-needed minerals and nutrients that are either not found in other treats or are left at the bottom of the box or bin. Ask for Uncle Jimmy's Hanging Balls, Licky Things, and Squeezy Buns at your local tax store or feed supplier, or go online at uncle-jimmy's.com. That's uncle-jimmy's.com. Going to be there tomorrow, and hopefully they still make the the Hanging Balls by hand. And I said, I want to make a Hanging Ball. (laughs) It's just something yeah. I want to do. That so like maybe they'll idea. let me do that. I don't know. And, and then if you, after you make the hanging ball, could you tell me what you do with it once you get on your horse? <laughs> Stay for the post show. I have an answer. Polly has an answer. The... Polly gave us a detailed description. You know, now I realize why Sean Ortiz <laughs> became an auditor. So she could hear the post show where I'm talking about. All of this kind of stuff. She, yes. She worked in in the squadron, fighter squadron with, with Chad for quite a while. So. Um, oh, well, she's heard it all. What? She has Sean you might not want to listen to this. <laughs> hey, we have coming up right now. Jennifer caught up with a woman by the name of Stephanie Jacobs, and she does something that we didn't know. Actually, this was a referral from a listener who said, you got to talk to this girl. She does a really cool thing. It's standard bread racing, not in a cart, but under saddle. So, yes, they do standard bread racing under saddle. Why, you ask? Well, let's find out. And we have an interview that Jennifer did with Stephanie Jacobs. Well, a little while back... One of our auditors, Colleen, mentioned about standard bread racing under saddle. And it was, I think, prompted by a picture of a standard bread racing under saddle. And she fixed me up with a guest to chat about this because it's something that maybe a lot of us haven't seen before. I've never seen it in person. I've only seen pictures. So here's Stephanie Jacobs. and She's going to be telling us all about what standard bread racing under saddle is. And she's at the barn. So please forgive any extraneous noises that you hear because she just got done jogging the horses this morning. So the first thing we're going to do, Stephanie, you're going to explain to us what it means in the standard bread world when you were jogging horses. Okay, so this is an easy one. I I can do this. Um, So jogging horses. Uh, we use it as a term for exercising them on our daily basis. So we hook them up to the carts and we jog them, you know, depending on the fitness level and the need of the horse. So it might be some people do it by how many miles they jog. Some people do it about how much time they do jogging. So, you know, 20 minutes to 40 minutes or two miles to four miles. Some horses might even need six miles because they're a little more high strung and they need to really get that energy out before we, you know, do what we have to do for them for the rest of the day. So it's basically, it's, it's your daily exercise regimen. Yeah, it's our, it's a daily exercise regimen. Um, you know, and some horses, they vary, you know, they might get, you know, uh, most of the time they get paddock turnout unless they're too crazy in the paddock and they hurt themselves because they just go nuts. 
or they might uh, get exercised on the exercise wheel and jog. Sometimes they also go to the swimming pool and jog, you know, to, you know, target different things like more cardio, but less time on the track. So it's less impact on their joints, um, especially if they've, you know, been coming back from like, let's say like an injury, like a suspensory, or, you know, maybe they have tender feet and they have thin soles. So, you know, depending on their needs and wants and what is best for them, you adjust their exercise schedule and you might even add in some swimming time in the pool or, you know, some time on the exercise wheel. So you just have to cater to what they need for their fitness. There we go. So on to the next topic. Now we know what you've been doing all morning long. So standard (laughs) bread racing under saddle. How did you get involved with it and what is it oh my so i'll just actually start with what it is so people understand what we're talking about um and then i'll go into about how i actually got sucked into this craziness um so the racing under saddle or monty racing that they call it in other countries is riding trotters under saddle so we use uh very similar equipment to what they use when we race them, except that we can't use line burrs or head poles, um, nothing that interferes with our hands, and we can't attach anything to our saddle. So we have a saddle with a crouper and a breastplate or a breast collar, just like they would when they race. We have to ride with an overcheck just for safety reasons. So, you know, They don't try to duck the gate and clothesline us off if that were to ever happen. Um, But the, you know, main purpose of it is, is that a lot of times these horses get sour, what we call bike sour, and we ride them instead to help them to enjoy their daily routine more. And a lot of times the end result is that they end up doing better in their normal day-to-day racing jobs. And, in, and, you know, enjoy the routine because it breaks up the monotony of what they do every day. And it also sometimes adds like a whole other fitness factor to it because you're targeting different kinds of muscles that they need to carry a rider. So it actually adds like another fitness benefit to them. Not only does it help with their attitude while they race, it also helps with the I've had it help attitude um, in the barn. I've even ridden horses for people just to ride them out around the farm, um, you know, to make them not so grumpy or sour is like a common term. Um, So we are essentially like standard bred jockeys because the trotters still trot. We still race behind the gate um, and we still have to stay trotting. So we're not, we call ourselves, Monty riders or rust riders. Uh, we don't really call ourselves jockeys because that's a very thoroughbred term. Um, and so I don't know, like it's just a very interesting concept for this industry. Um, it is very big overseas in France and, and Norway and Sweden. Um, they actually have a rust race on every card. Yeah, they also do rust racing in Canada as well. Um, they have a, a series up there that they do. I think they have like a race like once or twice a month. Um, 
And, you know, we have qualifications that we have to qualify for just like the drivers do and fitness requirements. Um, so that is kind of what it is. We're like standard bred jockeys is like the best way that I can describe it, but we don't gallop. I always try to specify we do not gallop. The horses are still trotting. Um, and I got sucked into this craziness because I was, uh, working for a standard bred veterinarian and I got to meet Julie Miller and Andy Miller, wonderful people here in New Jersey. And, uh, they had a very, very hot trotting mare that they could not jog because she was a runaway and <laughs> they could not pony her next to a jog cart, which is just, you know, someone sitting in a jog cart and holding a horse off to the side. And by the way, that's crazy. That's just crazy doing that at all. I've seen it done and it's crazy. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have seen it. I have seen it go very wrong. (laughs) Um, but majority of the time the horses are fine. Um, but you couldn't do that because they told me she used to try to jump in the jog cart with you. Wow. Um, so that was, yeah, so that was dangerous all in itself. And their only other option besides putting her on the exercise wheel, which really wasn't enough exercise for her, was to ride her. And Julie came to me and she was like, you know, Seth, like, I'm not really a rider. And she's like, why don't you ride her for me? I was like, sure. So I would get up at, you know, five in the morning. I would go out to Gateway. I would ride on the sand track. And this horse, who was a dead runaway on the track, was a puppy dog to ride. I could ride her with very loose reins and just plog along for the, you know, 30, 40 minutes that I had to ride her every morning. And she was wonderful. Um, Even when you brought her to the racetrack, like, you know, she had to have like an outrider, like she was, and, and, you know, her great name was Some Like It Hot. So (laughs) she definitely was very hot. (laughs) Um, So, you know, she was my first uh, experience. And from that, like Julie and Andy encouraged me to, with uh, the help of Helen Gregory, um, encouraged me to start racing under saddle. And I qualified my first horse, Bambino Hall. That was also of Julie and Andy's uh, racing stable with um, Helen Gregory and Master Pine was my first training under saddle experience and it like completely blew my mind and I was like hooked I was like that's it I'm done like I'm in this um I got to race in the Hambo series that we had put on some years ago sponsored by Back on Track and I mean it is just like such an incredible amazing sport and it adds so many benefits to the horses and we have you know been pursuing the sport for many a years and, you know, I just, I can't give it up. So here I am still trying to encourage the sport and get new riders. And we have a lot of trainers and owners that are on our side and, you know, a lot of racetracks that really support us. And, you know, I'm just so grateful to have been a part of this crazy journey of monkey racing or uh, uh, racing under saddle. So it has been uh, quite an experience. So our only trotters raced under saddle not pacers so they do actually have uh now in the uspa we have a rule that you're allowed to use pacers um i have not experienced a pacer under saddle yet but i know that 
there's a lot of fair tracks that do pacing under saddle. And there's a lot of actually fairs that have like pacing under saddle races, but they're not recognized by the USTA. Um, but it is actually a very common thing that people don't realize. And I know a lot of people, especially the girls up in New York, that, you know, they might have, you know, some pacers that are sour that need some different type of exercise and to make them, you know, more happy about doing their job. And they train them under saddle. So they won't even train them to the jog cart or the race bike anymore, but they'll train them under saddle to, you know, make them happier. Really? How interesting is that? Yeah. It's amazing. It is absolutely incredible. I can't wait to train my first pacer under saddle. I think it would be quite incredible, um, you know, because they can go much faster than a trotter. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it would be, yeah. It would be quite an experience, that's for sure. <laughs> so have you ridden standard breads of either gate who were originally trained to the cart and then to ride as well as some that have not been trained to the cart and just to ride? I actually, so that's a really good question. So I have experienced it a little bit of both ways. Most of them that I get um, are not broke to ride and I break them to ride myself. Um, and they're usually so, so easy. Um, you know, normally I'm just like, here, can somebody just like throw me over and I'm just going to like hang here for a minute. <laughs> People are going to like walk around and people think I'm crazy, but you know, standard breads are just, they're incredibly intelligent and they are, you know, I can't say always, you know, cause you can never say never, but majority of the time they are very kind and willing to please. So I have never had one actually go wrong. Thankfully, I'm going to knock on this tree over here that I'm standing next, next to because um, I have never had a bad experience breaking a standard bread to ride. Um, and normally the ones that I get that are not broke to the cart, um, or I should say they are broke to the cart, but they never made the races majority of the time. And then saddle breaking them, honestly, is just as easy, I think, because they have had so much handling and they've had so much experience and they really have to trust the people sitting behind them to guide them and make sure that they're okay to, you know, do their job. So I think there's like a, a very different level of them trusting people when they're broke to drive and then you ride them. Um, so, I mean, they're very easy to break and, you know, a lot of, and like a lot of the ones that are, you know, they don't make the racetrack. They've at least still been broke to the, you know, to the jog cart and the race bike. So they've had a little bit of experience, but mm -hmm. not a lot. Isn't that interesting? So, so do you think that the under saddle races are on the uptick? Are you seeing more of them? We are seeing a lot more of them. You know, New York has a great racing under saddle series. Um, and they have a benefit because they have the fair racetrack. So the fair racetracks, you know, the purses can be lower. So sponsorships aren't so hard to come by because all of everything that we do is done by sponsorship um, because we are not a betting sport at this point in time. So, I mean, it is in, in the works. Um, all that people need to do is literally sign a piece of paper. <laughs> We're still waiting for that. Um, but 
we are very hopeful that it will hopefully come to fruition one day. Um, but racing under saddle in New York is huge. They have a lot of girls, a lot of riders. They have a lot of horses. Canada, you know, has passed racing under saddle as a betting sport. So, you know, they're getting, you know, more riders, more under saddle horses, more races. And in Europe, it has already blown up to being something huge. They even have like very big, um, you know, under saddle races, like just like a hambo race. So it is, yeah, it's really incredible, you know, because these horses that can race in cart one week will will be racing under saddle the next week, and they're doing just as great in the in the race bike as they do under saddle. That's so neat. So if somebody's curious about standard bred racing under saddle, they want to go watch, they want to learn how to do it, uh, they want to watch folks do it. Where's a good resource? <laughs> So we do have a Facebook page that we keep up with and we post videos of us like training and exercising our horses and we post information about upcoming races. Um, YouTube is a great source um, because they post a lot of our old videos on there. Um, The USTA is also a great source because all of our events are posted on the USTA because they're USTA sanctioned events. Um, and really just in general social media. Um, I mean, anybody can always like contact me through social media to ask questions if they're interested in becoming a rider or if they're interested in using horses and like we actually hook up um, some trainers and owners with girls to help ride horses. So, you know, like, you know, the, the riders that want to learn so this way they can gain experience under the supervision of a trainer who can, guide them along the way in gaining experience. Well, there we go. Well, thanks for se- spending a couple of minutes with me today to learn a little bit more about standard bread racing understand under saddle. Uh, I'll just put in a personal note here. In my opinion, standard breads are the most highly underrated breed out there. Check them out if you haven't done be- so before. <laughs> and yeah, and you feel the same way, obviously. And thanks a lot for, for spending some time with me. And I will let you go to go have a, a quick uh, bag of potato chips before you take the next horse out. Well, before we get to first world problems, it is sponsored today by Equity, the makers of the Flex and Fork and the Shake and Fork. Now, uh, these are not inexpensive forks, but there's a reason for that. They last for 10 freaking years. The Flex and Fork is a regular manure fork, but you can get it with this carbon fiber handle that's really light. But it has a suspension system built into the head so that when you use it, you're not flicking poop all over yourself. We use them especially for cleaning the paddocks because a lot of times when you use the regular forks, one, the tines break. Tines never break on these. I mean, I, I they don't break. They, there's videos of them yes. like hitting them with hammers. Hammers. And let me stop you because you said they last ten years. Mine is eleven. Oh, wow. and it's fine. So yeah, there you go. You know, there's 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 and I'm gonna knock on wood. There's no end in sight in these things. And yeah, how irritating is it? I forget about the days I put it out of my mind of the days of that I would poop. break one time <laughs> and then you're like trying to like make it work and it just never and the works. poop always finds the hole it always finds the hole of course yeah so yeah you don't have to worry about that you're, you're buying one of the two of those a year you can buy one of these every 10 years yeah they might cost you a little bit more money but they're going to last forever and make your life a lot less miserable I think that horse people in general should have learned by now that you get what you pay for yes 
You know, I and agree. when you buy something cheap, it's going to be cheap. It's going to be cheap and it's going to break and it's not going to last you very long. You go out and spend $5,000 on a saddle so you have quality. Why not spend $100 on a manure fork that you're going to have forever and make your life a lot less frustrating at equitymfg.com. Search for the Flex and Fork. And you'll find them there. Now, apparently, it's much cheaper because of shipping is if you get a three-pack. So if you can go in with some friends or you need multiple forks, one for the trailer, one for the barn or whatever, then the three-packs are much cheaper. So look into that as well. It's worth it, y'all. Yep, it is. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Now, these are real problems that our auditors have on Sundays. I'll put up a post in the auditor room asking people, what, pray tell, is your equestrian first world problem? And some people uh, don't have any, but most people have multiple. And so I'm going to share with you because I think it's a cathartic thing for all of us to just get it out. Okay, just get it out. Release. All of it is like therapy. And it's good to hear other people's too. Uh, so Glenn, if they want to be a part of this, how can they become an auditor? Just uh, go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right-hand side of the page, click on the auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you can join too. All right. Well, the first one is from Courtney. And she said that she went to 100 pace yesterday and we were 11 minutes too slow from the optimum time because we had to slow down for the humidity and we didn't win anything. But then today, the weather was perfect and I'm petty. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You did the right thing by your horse. So there you go. Uh, Hannah says, all I want to do is ride my own horses, but they're both on stall rest. It's a real problem. Yeah, that's a that's problem. That's a real one. Yeah. Now, Carrie, I get this. She said, I had to back my trailer down like a quarter mile of dirt road to park for our trail ride today, which I did perfectly. And then when I had to park the trailer back in its spot at the barn, it was like that scene in Austin Powers with the 100 <laughs> pointer. Dude. If, if my husband is watching me back the trailer, it takes me 17 times to get it right. If nobody's watching, right on in. I mean, it's just amazing. Who backs up better, you or him? The trailer, that is. Oh, that's cute, Glenn. You would even think to ask that. Um, Next one, Andrew. (laughs) It's funny because I can back up the camper. I cannot back up the horse trailer. Jennifer can't back up the camper, but can back up the horse trailer. So we have to, that's our assignments. It's weird. You know what? I don't drive the tractor. I get. Yeah, I'll do the trailer. I'm okay, good. There you go. Um, <clears throat> Andrew, I have questions because his is, I'm on vacation this week when the roadshow meetups are near my house, but we're in Oklahoma visiting family. Well, then come visit me. Yeah, I'm yeah. not on the roadshow. Yeah, and bring your dog. Yeah, really she's like right her. out there. You can just stop by. I'm smack in the middle, so you can't be too far. Uh, Chantel said that, and I, I'm really struggling with this as well, Chantel. She says, I want to treat myself to like a matchy-matchy set, but I can't figure out what works best with my dark orangey chestnut because all my saddle pads are white, black, gray, and navy, and I want color, but like what? Girl, I know I have this totally, the, this is the, Peter is the reddest Red horse I've ever owned. And pretty much all my saddle pads are black and white because I don't know what goes with a red, uh, orangey. I mean, he's orange. He is orange, burnt orange. So I do want to know. So if you figure something out, Chantel, please let me know. Um, 
Let's see. Allison said, I went through girth after girth to fit my horse, and I finally found the one he liked. Yay. But then I got a new horse, and she's a size bigger, and she don't like any of them. <laughs> Here's the, the key word, Allison, is she. <laughs> You've got to spend a lot of money to get the mare happy. Um, Jenny says, we have had so much rain this summer, and the pastures are so beautiful and green. But all my horses are fat and have to wear muzzles now. <laughs> That's so true. Um, let's see. I don't have my typical. I, it's taking me a little bit longer because Lucas is using my phone for Zoom right now because I'm on the computer. So it takes me a little extra second. Um, Sharon says. Oh, no, that's a real problem. She says she's doing fun things with both of her horses this summer, but most of the time she goes to do it, it's like way too hot and smoky to ride. Yeah, that's, that's a, a real problem. That's a big thing for a lot of people is, is having smoke in the air. And like for Ooh. the whole half of the country over there toward toward the northwest, it's bad. Yeah. Um, TJ says, I can't get my trailer inspected because I have to get my backup camera fixed so that I can back up to my trailer and then get it inspected. <laughs> So you, you know, your trailer, you, your trailer camera. People were backing up the trailers before backup cameras. I'm just saying that, you just know, saying. there was a I mean, lot of years of that before backup cameras. Sharon says Saturday night, I ordered the Pivo phone set up on Amazon, but it's not going to arrive until Monday, two whole days later. So I can't play with it this weekend. <laughs> Dang it. I want, if I want something, I'm with you, Sharon. I want it now. Do I you have a Pivo? Now. Yeah, I do. Uh, dear sweet listener sent me one because they were tired of my terrible videos. And guess what? I lost the damn clicker. I can't find the clicker. It's in the I dirt out in the arena. It's, it's gonna. It's somewhere. I am going to unearth that thing. It's in the house. I know it's in the were house. Were you using just, it? Was that what you were using for the videos for a while? You know, Till the clicker went away. figured it out. Uh, yeah. So, no, I haven't used it yet. Um, Abby has, though. And then, uh, so I'm not going to, like, say she lost the clicker, but... <clears throat> She lost. <laughs> um, let's see. Caroline says, I was finally forced to update my podcast app and the update deleted my HR and auditor feed. And I keep forgetting to reload the feed and the RSS. So I've been listening to the normal feed like a plebeian. <laughs> <laughs> like a muggle. <laughs> oh, my God. You need to fix that because we got a good post show coming up for you today. It's wiener talk. I mean, come on. <laughs> um... So let's see. Uh, Lisa says, everything is just perfect. The weather is nice. I can ride and the horses are saints. But now I have to go back to teaching again to pay for all my perfect horses. And it's not fair. <laughs> I don't think it's fair that anybody has to be a teacher, to be honest. But that says the guy without any kids at all. Do you know, Lucas is doing Zoom school like half of last week and all of this week. And there's probably like eight kids who are doing it out of maybe maybe six kids out of the 12 in his class. I don't know how she does that. Oh, so I mean, she has a, how do they do the regular and the Zoom at the same time? Do they have I, a big screen with the kids' faces at the front? I, I don't know. I don't know. There's either. a I think a computer in front of her, and she can see all those kids. And then beyond that is all the other kids. And then other kids are coming up, going, "Hi, Lucas!" Like, I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh my god, I lose my mind. All right. So if you're a teacher and listening to this, please tell us how you do both. Send us an email, Glenn at horseradionetwork.com. We want to know. Yeah. Allie said, and how do you? Finally, then the second part of that email is how do you stay sane? That's a whole different topic. 
Allie says, I finally found a cute matchy saddle pad and bonnet set, but now I can't find any matching sun shirts in the right color and size. Oh, oh. Uh, Horse Lovers has a sale today. So go check that oh, out. Oh, look at you. There Four you different go. colors. Wait. I am just tying the sponsors in today. Look at me. You are killing it. Y'all, see, this is what happens when Glenn starts to make some money with sponsorship. <laughs> Starts bringing his A game. Uh, Jennifer said, I brought home my beta biothane bridal breastplate and martingale to clean, but the dishwasher was full of dirty dishes. So now I have to wait until they're clean and then I have to unload them before I can wash my stuff. And my husband said no to a second dedicated tack dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that my harness would never get cleaned without the dishwasher. Really? Oh, that's where it goes. Yeah. Dude. And by the way, if you're doing that, I have a secret to it. I've experimented with many different ways. So this is the secret. Take some Dawn dish soap, clean out a muck tub. Don't use a dirty one. Clean out a muck tub, fill that sucker with water and some Dawn dish soap. Put your harness in there, or your tack, or whatever, your biothane in there. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's a biothane. Uh, leave it in there for half a day. And then hose it off good. Then put it in the dishwasher. God, everything. It's so beautiful when it's done. And then I have to listen to Jennifer saying, you will not let me wash the saddle pads in the household washing machine, yet you put your tack in the dishwasher. Yeah, what's up with that? I, I really don't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hair. It's convenient well, it's for me. Hair. That's it's what the good food. is. <laughs> I mean, you're literally putting dirt and hair on your dish plates, but you're not okay with it being on your shirt. I'm like, I'm I don't, I don't have a good color. reason, except it's really convenient for me. Okay. Ele- it's all about me, people. <laughs> Electra says, I finally have a first world equestrian problem. I would drive to Pennsylvania to meet up with the HRN folks, but hmm, I'm on my father-in-law's branch in the high Colorado Rockies pushing cows and riding trails. Did you see her pictures from the weekend? It looks like she was having fun, but she did post that she got dumped. Nobody feels sorry for you, Electra. <laughs> Nobody. She did get dumped. Apparently, some of the, the yearling cows, I don't know what they call them. I, do they call them yearlings and cows? I don't, know. I don't know. But some of the yearling cows, about seven of them, decided to take a charge at the horses. <laughs> Didn't go well for Electra. She, she ended up on the ground. Well, I hope you're okay up there in the high Colorado Rockies. Lilla says, and this is like a cow complaining day because she's like, my dad's cattle keep knocking down my horse's electric fence, but my horse is too stupid to realize that he could literally step over it. That sounds like a good problem to have. Yeah, that's a perfect problem to have. None of us Zeus have horses like, like that. Peace <laughs> out. Zeus would be like, I'm going to step over this, and then he'd let everybody else know, hey, hey, boys, come on. Over <laughs> here. Right. Hey, yeah. You know what's funny is somebody asked me, He gets, I said he gets out all the time, and they were like, does he like run away, try to go be wild again? And I was like, yeah, he totally runs right to the feed room. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's wild. He's is, he is very happy to be domesticated, okay? He does not want to go back. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Michelle says, oh, this is so sad. Michelle, what are you going to do? And I pick a saddle pad from my, like, neatly folded and laundered rainbow organized pile. I can't always tell if it's a dressage pad or a full size square pad without like holding them up and comparing. <laughs> <sighs> Spray paint so an X hard. on one of them. 
But then you have to fold it, and and hence why my saddle pads are not organized or folded. <laughs> That's right. There's a reason. Uh, just too hard. Just too hard. Um, Rachel says I completed my first recognized horse trials with my naughty quarter horse, and the photography company let you look at the pictures on site, and they were so good that I had to buy the whole entire package. <laughs> <laughs> done that i i don't know how many pictures i have of like eventing why i keep buying it but like when i'm galloping through water there's water spraying oh, up because, i have like yeah that's the most effective picture even in driving you competitions. don't need 20 of those Glenn. oh that, that might and be true i've probably spent a thousand dollars on show <laughs> and where are they are they all hanging up or some in a drawer I don't know where that answered are, that they're somewhere on the internet. Okay. I guess I'll take a picture of the picture. Um, no, I think when one, at least one is framed in my tag room. Oh, Jesus. Whew, that scared me. Let me put my phone on silent. I've never done this before. Um, so Rebecca, that's a, for, that's a real problem. You have a time for one world. more. Okay. One more. <laughs> Julian, I got a super hot, slightly trained horse because that's what I wanted. But now he's like, not trained. <laughs> Is she related to the Texas guy? <laughs> Just get on him, throw your Western saddle on with the belly cinch, hop up there with your spurs, give him a kick, and just go. Go. Just you'll be fine. It'll oh be God. okay. Now, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll, you know what? Not much is known about Jupiter, so you could spend some time there and get to know it. I, I did, a, you know, I did a poll today. I want to talk about that in a minute, but I did a poll today in the auditor room. I wonder if we did a poll. Do so. She got the kind of horse she actually wanted, right? I wonder if that kind of horse girl also goes after those kind of guys. I can fix it. I can fix him. He needs me. Do you think it's true? Do you think that's just the way it is that they? Let me tell you something, Glenn. Okay. I have a long history. <laughs> you, you, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you. What do you call a musician that just broke up with his girlfriend? I don't know. Homeless. Okay. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Okay. I made a lifetime out of dating the wrong guy. And then I finally found the right guy. And now I train horses. Well, you were in the music so, business. <laughs> I know. I never dated one of the really famous ones, though. Yeah. What happened to the rich ones? That's the ones you're supposed to be going after. Well, there was a there was a duo. And now one of those people is super rich. And of course, I dated the other one. <laughs> of so, course. You know. Because that's do? the way it goes. Yeah. Well, Hey, I want to get to uh, last week when you were off, I think, that day. Uh, we had, Jennifer and I were on, and every week we're kind of doing things we learned on the road. So I have our things we learned on the road today, and I want to go over those with you. But before we do that, I did, it came, this came up when I was doing the podcast about podcasting over the weekend with Dave. It came up, how can you, much can you get away with spending without telling your spouse and not get in trouble? So I think every couple kind of has, if it's not a firm number, it's kind of what you know you can get away with spending. And I'm not necessarily talking about on a horse, but just on general stuff. So if you were to go out and buy something, what is there an amount or you do you just buy it or do you discuss it with Chad? Do you know, like, okay, so I have my money for the horse stuff. He has his money, <clears throat> excuse me, and... I think just out of common courtesy, we discuss purchases probably over a hundred dollars, but 
it's not like either one of us is asking for permission. He was like, I need a new driver for my golf set. And I'm like, number one, didn't you just get a driver? Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, he does like, he's letting you know. Yeah. I need a new driver. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Well, Drivers cost need- like $6,000 now. I know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Here's the thing, man. If you can, if you can afford it, you know, if you can afford it or not. You know, we don't put things on credit cards. And I, 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 I learned a long time ago, I am not capable of owning a credit card. So I don't have credit cards. I can't be trusted. I am not organized enough for credit cards and payments and things like that. So if I can pay for something, I can pay for something. If I can't, I can't. Same with him. I go, do you need, can you, can you afford it? Yes. Okay. Then get it. You know, that's, if you can't afford it, you don't buy it. You know, that's so I'd probably say a hundred dollars is, is where where we start talking. Well, I did a but poll. not for permission, just to let the well, other person know. be courteous, if nothing else, uh, and also save the marriage. Uh, so uh, th- I asked the question, what amount can you get away with spending without checking with the spouse first? And uh, th- the choices were any amount I want. It's my money under five hundred dollars, five hundred to a thousand, a thousand to two thousand or over two thousand. So this is what would you have guessed the number one response to be under five hundred any amount five hundred to a thousand. Um, any was the any amount I tell them every time I spend money or is any it amount I, I want it's I my want. money. Yep. Oh, um, I probably under five hundred. That was a close second. Any amount I want it's my money was first. Mm. I wonder if we did this poll to non horse women. Or, you know, on horse people, uh, if the poll would come out different. I just wonder, because, you know, horse women tend to be a little independent, you know? Hmm. Yeah, especially when it comes to the horses. I don't know, though. I do know some women who would go, like, shopping for purses and things and have to hide the receipts and all that, you know? So, I, I've known I've known city folk who behave poorly, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> what is yours? What do you and Jennifer do? Oh, you know, it's I think, and this came up in the conversation under this poll, I think the longer you're married, the higher the amount gets. And I wonder if that's just because you're tired, one, or, uh, or you just have more discretionary income the you know, most people would have more discretionary income the older you get on average. So, or you just, you're just tired and don't care anymore. I don't know. I don't know what any of the, I don't know what that answer is. So I would say ours is probably four or $500. I'm going to, I'm going to role play here. Okay. okay? All right. I want, uh, I'm, I'm going to be you and okay. I'm going to be Jennifer. Oh, okay. <laughs> here's, here's you're both you. roles. Uh, I'm going to do both. You just yeah. sit back and look. Okay. You're like, here, I found this thing. On the, it's a new Bixing board, and I had $600, and I really, really want it. Hey, hun. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> and then you buy it. That's probably exactly <laughs> what happens in your house. Now, I did buy a new Bixing board recently, and it was the most expensive one I've spent in 12 years. But she was so mad at me being mad at the old one, she didn't care. And that was $600, by the way. So, <laughs> never mind. Fine. Nothing. Nothing. No. Go back to riding your horse. It's fine. Nothing to, no, I'm good. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> All right. Let's do, before we get to the post show, let's uh, do the new things we learned last week on the road. So, uh, one of the things we learned is that only flat states bother with shoulders. 
What is it with not having shoulders between Kentucky? You've driven on the Kentucky roads. They're barely roads. I mean, they're wide enough for one and a half cars. Uh, it didn't get much better in Ohio, rural roads in Ohio, and Michigan was, was back to Kentucky-like. There's just no shoulders, and the roads are like one and a half lanes. Uh, in Florida, the shows are, I think it's because it's flat. I don't know. I don't know why that is, but northern roads are narrower, and there are no shoulders in the rural parts of northern roads. Uh, We have lots of musician friends and listeners. I'm learning that on this trip, and I didn't include you in that. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Kayaking. So we're by a river here, and we've passed many rivers on this. I know kayaking has always been a thing, but when did it become a thing that everybody in the world is doing? You're doing, you see it because you're sitting next to a river. No, but everybody, all my friends are kayaking now. Kayaking, I think it's in the last five years has become a thing. I don't know. It just has become a thing. I don't kayak. Do you kayak? (laughs) (laughs) That was a joke. I knew that was a joke. Uh, Long time listeners will get that one. Uh, I don't do, I don't do water. (laughs) I did rafting. You should be proud of me. I I did. did I was shocked actually. Yeah. I'm going to ride that sucker to the ground. I'm not falling out of that thing. (laughs) And that's the one you could fall out of. Um, Anyway, GPS programs need a smooth road setting. (laughs) The roads are very bumpy here in Ohio and Michigan. I should be able to put in, give me the smooth roads. It'll tell you where construction is now, but I really need the smooth road setting, especially when you're hauling a horse trailer. And your refrigerator is going to bounce open. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, too. We also need Google Maps it updated uh you don't deal with this cuz you don't deal with google maps but it up, the last update it's pretty much gone crazy it has us taking the stupidest routes you know getting off of the main road when you could just go up about 5 blocks and make a right and be on another main road no we're going to take a shortcut that's 1 minute less through all the back roads uh, it's just nuts. I don't know what this thing is. I don't know what's happened, but it was in the last update. It really went crazy. Tell me if you're also having that problem. Uh, you know, we've heard about the shortages of cars, new cars at dealerships, you know, trucks, so you can't get a big truck anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really true. We have passed about a thousand dealerships in about eight to 10 states, and there are no cars. <laughs> so really? There are a couple of the Ford dealerships that, well, all the dealerships now, instead of parking them toward the road so they could fit more in the parking lot or por- parking them sideways so it looks like they have more, uh, there was one dealership that we saw that might have had 10 new cars. It was crazy. They're just nuts. They're just not, they just don't have them. And at least two-thirds of the interstates in the U.S. are under construction. We have hit more construction. It seems like every 10 minutes we're hitting construction. So we apparently are fixing the roads in this country, or it's just taking forever. I don't know which, but there are a lot of construction. couple hairy things where the, the lane you're in ends, you're hauling a trailer, and all of a sudden you've got about 10 seconds to figure out there's nobody beside you or you're going to be hitting barrels. We have had that a few times. That's been fun. But there you go. There are lessons for this week. GPS, get your act together. I want to know where the smooth roads are. Add that to your algorithm. I use Apple Maps. Yeah, does it get you as messed up as uh, Google does? No, but I do always look at the overview before I hit go. Just to make sure that it's not taking me somewhere crazy. Well, and then when you're driving and if you don't have a passenger and it says, we have found a better route because there's a backup ahead. And you're driving at 70 miles an hour, and you're going, okay, 
Some of these times it has me get off is really bad and in some interesting spots. And you don't have time to look because you have exactly five minutes to make a decision. Use Waze, Glenn. I'm I'm actually going to try Waze. I've never tried it before. I love Waze. It's fun. And you get to participate. It'd be like, you know, a car on the side of the road ahead. And then if you get there and it's not there, you can be like, nope, it's gone. And you can click it. And then you get to participate. I don't know. You feel like like you're you're contributing to society that way? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to try ways because Google's driving us nuts on this trip. It was always been good. And then they updated. Well, thank you for joining us today, everybody. Uh, Tomorrow we have the Certified Horsemanship Association with Christy. And then Wednesday, Jamie and I are back. Uh, So we have a full load of shows for you this week. Wednesday, I'll be coming to you from Western Pennsylvania. So we look forward to that. We'll have some more listener interviews for you because we're going to get to see some tomorrow. And uh, health segment, we'll be doing all the usual stuff. Hang on, auditors, for a post-show. We have an email that we're going to share with you in the post show. Mm-hmm. All right. Where can they find you, Jamie? You can find me on Facebook, Fly Over Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. And if you want Uncle Rico, you better put in your application now because I have had 50 messages about this horse. Really? From that one video? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not the video of me riding him, Glenn. Do you know what the video that got everybody talking is? It's, it's a picture of him with his equiderma zinc oxide paste on his nose. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, he's so cute. I really want him. Yeah, it doesn't, I can film whatever I want. And yet it would be the silliest thing in the world I've learned. <laughs> Equiderma, you need to add, add that to your advertising campaign. Help yeah. sell horses. It helps, it helps get horses adopted. <laughs> See you, everybody. Spade, neuter, gal. Woo! It's totally true. That's weird you ask that. Like, <laughs> it blows my mind. <laughs> 